All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> We're done complaining offline about family things. <laughs> we, we didn't were just bitch. We didn't just take a bitch know. break. <laughs> fill up our wine let just, glasses. Let me just set the scene for our listeners so they can understand what's going on in the the uh, Dowd Korea household because that's basically what it is here. Is just uh, we did one we did one podcast episode, took a break for wine and bitching about various things, and now we're coming back for the next. This is Laura Palmer's Data Twin Peaks podcast. Hopefully that's what you meant to tune into. Yeah. <laughs> and fun facts about our personal lives. Hey, hey. We could be your friend. We could be. <laughs> Today we're talking about the condemned woman and wounds and scars. Spoiler, two of my least favorite episodes. Some of the best. wound and scars one was really rough. It's a... It's a rough time because we are so close to what I'm starting to be really cautiously hopeful about um, being like a great third season of Twin Peaks on Showtime. And listeners, you might be listening to this in the future and you might be like, no, you're wrong, Kelly. It was horrible. (laughs) Oh my God, you're dashed hopes and dreams. Or it might be like when I listen to the X-Files files and I'm like, Kumail, you're going to be on the new season of the X-Files. Like They're like, Kelly, you're going to be on season four of the Showtime. Just wait. It's going to be so amazing. So we don't know what's going to happen it's right now. It's really upsetting if just Kelly gets on <laughs> All of us. It's either all or nothing, David Lynch. Don't you even think about just First one. Off, we wouldn't be that selfish. <laughs> But it is interesting, the new season is all 18 episodes directed by David Lynch. That's going to be really interesting. It should be pretty, pretty good, yeah. Versus 30 episodes, where only six were directed by David Lynch, which just, when I got that statistic today, I could not believe it. Like that, when you think about Twin Peaks... Even the, you know, everybody says David Lynch is like the first thing you think about, but he only directed six of the episodes. Well, we don't know how much he wrote, though. And Mark Frost was also a big contributor. Right. He directed a a number, too, so... But, by all accounts, (laughs) he had very little involvement in this string of episodes that we've been talking about. Probably not, probably not. Right. Other this than is, acting, he's, he gets some he acting He gets some acting spots. in as Gordon Cole. Although he hasn't in the ones we just oh, yeah, watched. No, 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 Albert no, just yeah. it's Albert. mimics him. Yeah. Right? It's like you can't have Albert. <laughs> Albert. Oh yeah, he does a good little <laughs> Gordon Cole impersonation. Yeah. It's like, the reason I'm here is because Gordon Cole said... I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried about Cole. <laughs> it's such an easy impression to do and it's so good. Yeah. It's like Albert and... Gordon Cole can't be in the same place at the same time. They've oh, ne- oh are they the same person, listeners? I mean. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> this is the introduction of Heather Graham's character Annie Blackwell in Two Seventeen Wounds and Scars, which we can get into in a moment. Uh, if you've been listening to our podcast, you can guess my feelings on Annie Blackwell, considering oh she is the anti ship to the Cooper Audrey ship. It's also the introduction of Billy Zane as John Jacob Wheeler, who becomes Audrey's love interest. So they are definitively splitting Cooper and Audrey in these episodes. Yeah, we're kind of getting into a new string of storylines here. And one last storyline is about to be closed out in 2016. Yes, thank God. Thank God. 
the condemned woman, as it's called, yes. is, as you would guess, is Josie. <laughs> when the episode started, and I went, uh, <laughs> Melissa, at a guess. It's like, well, I assume the condemned woman is Josie, and everything is done with her. <laughs> right. Thank God. Because I guess we should just roll into that. Mm-hmm. Train wreck. Starting with a sweet, wonderful moment, as you said, maybe the best moment. <laughs> Pete making breakfast for Andrew and Catherine, and he makes Andrew a little smiley face. <laughs> and they just have a kick out of it. They just <laughs> laugh at the smile. Like, I feel yeah. like, see, now I'm really continuing on with, like, I'm Catherine and, and Pat's Pete, and my brother is Andrew then, because my brother <laughs> is, like, a little schemer. He's wonderful and sweet, but he's a little schemer. And I could totally see you cracking him up with something like that, and yeah. Brett being like, "Oh, Pat! Oh wait, I just remember Kook. I just remembered him <laughs> in Breaking Bad. Um, Walt's wife. Oh yeah, she uh, makes Skyler little... makes him the little bacon like and eggs like smiley face yep. for his birthday. Yeah, that episode. <laughs> so good. The first one. Oh yeah. Oh, and I that. Only watched the first two. And when uh, when Pete leaves Catherine and Andrew, he goes, goodbye, you sweet Packards. And I'm yeah. like, Pete, you just love them so much, and it's so cute. And then Josie comes in and sees that Andy's alive, and then uh, does the weird faint. Disney princess faint. If you've ever seen Sleeping Beauty, when she faints onto the bed in Sleeping Beauty, it's the same faint. Like, bless you, with that <laughs> wrist just out over her arm. Like, nobody actually... As someone who has fainted in biology class, we were dissecting worms. I didn't like the formaldehyde smell. And apparently, this was in junior high, I started to stumble out of the classroom. I at least excused myself and then fainted in the hallway. And it was not a pretty faint. It was just like collapsed on my face. (laughs) I've never actually fainted. I've come close where it was... The Gay Pride Festival, I was on a rooftop, I was very dehydrated Ooh. because I was so hungover, oh. and then and it, was This was at 12.30pm, like, <laughs> by the yeah. way. <laughs> like, like, in the afternoon, and I was yeah. like, oh god, and then I was just like, mm, things are fading, and then I remember a tub ushering me to a chair, and the great thing about being surrounded by gay men is like, water just came out of nowhere, oh, yeah. and they're just like, here, water, drink. So they know how to They're like, just go downstairs and go back inside. I was like, okay. They, yeah. they know how to get you drunk, yeah. but then they know how to take care Whenever of you. things yeah. like that happen on Pride, I just call it a Pride miracle. <laughs> <laughs> things like my friend Yasmin falling on the ground at Pride. Being in covered a sea in what, of Cheetos. Yeah. Hot the Cheetos. police officers thought she was covered in dried blood. It was because she was covered in hot Cheeto powder. <laughs> um, they were throwing Because they had at been the throwing clouds. hot Cheetos. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Pride <laughs> miracles. <laughs> the two, if, if you know anyway. the Dowds, you know that the two parties a year that we have are Halloween and Pride. So those are our two, the most wonderful times of the year for us. And then it's going to be the opener of Yes, we're having a big... And the closer, because we'll have to have a series finale. Yes, that's That's true. We will, definitely. Yeah. So we're going to have a premiere party where we're going to have some of our our friends and neighbors coming over to watch the series. We're going to have some people who are fans and some people who have never seen Twin Peaks giving their reactions, getting interviewed by your now super fan co-hosts. 
going to be a good time. <laughs> so tune in for that. But in the meantime, we got to get through these two <laughs> okay, stellar yeah, episodes. We got okay. Hank Jennings' witness for the prosecution next. <laughs> um, get him out of here, says yeah. Harry. This is also Hank. a lot of Harry yelling episodes. Um, which I happen to love. Pat loves it. Pat loves it. <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Melissa and I feel differently. It's hilarious. It's it makes so me funny. very uncomfortable. You know what? <laughs> Melissa, you brought up exactly how I feel about the Harry yelling. Which what what did you say? I don't even remember. Well You're you would say he's just him? not a yelling actor. No, he's trying it's too much for him. Right. He's that's not where his Right. There's a lot of things Harry does very well. He's a very good Natural, conversational, subtle, you know. He has the subtleness. He, he can't does. Do the direct of right. I they're hate just everything. they're putting him too far outside of his comfort zone, and it doesn't work. And it, and then they and push it, even further, <laughs> and it just doesn't does not work. He's he yells a, so he, much. This he is yells not, so much in the second. This episode. is not his. It's just time. basically Harry. It's yelling. not good. I don't even have any notes on that, but I just have bookhouse. Put and yet this is the third. Put it down, he says, and then the law about the law. He's talking about it. He says, uh, and this is the the third episode where <laughs> Albert and Cooper have definitive evidence to lock Josie up, and they're not doing it. And yeah, they're just now kinda like, I'm definitely pissed at. Uh, and they're they for, are, I'm pissed at Coop now for not arresting yeah, her. Coop he is talks letting to his. Her, he's like he's like one last chance. No, you don't. Cooper's letting his personal feelings for Harry get in the way of doing his job, which yeah. is interesting because Cooper's theme here in his role is that the one time he went out of his jurisdiction or whenever he lets his feelings get in the way, it clouds his judgment. And so he's been very careful about that. But yeah. he, with Harry, he's not yeah. being so careful. Maybe and he's she'll let... grow ring, wings and join the circus, Albert says. Right. <laughs> like, he keeps hoping that Josie's going to turn around and no. do the right thing and yeah. turn herself in. And she's clearly not going to do that. Even Albert's like, we need to take this bitch in. Like, right. It's oh, just yeah. going to go down. It seems almost, like, sexist in a weird way because you know if that were a dude... He would have been brought in, but because she's yeah. this beautiful victimy woman, they're like letting her hang out and you know live in the house of the woman she tried to kill. Like as much as we hate Catherine, Josie tried to kill Catherine and is now living with her and hanging out. Like just lock Josie him. up. <laughs> yeah, lock yeah. Josie she up. She killed cousin Jonathan. Yeah, it's just like, and why is she getting Cooper, so away? Which I thought Leland shot Cooper, but that nope. was never... No, Josie shot Cooper. Yeah. So we never, that was never... It's very confusing. But Leland it makes might no have sense. been the one in the yeah. overcoat with um, Leo in that one scene that we saw the guy behind that, the... That, yes. Because that we never find out. Leland does stalk them when like he's yeah. looking, looking back in season one. He does stalk them while... And beat up uh, Jacoby in right. the park, but uh, but he's he not the that's he is Josie not the one who shoots, who shoots Cooper. Cooper okay. though. Yeah. Which why? So she does that presumably because Cooper is getting too close to yeah. She who thinks even knows. So, but he's she not thinks there he's for the fucking mill plot. Right? <laughs> she doesn't realize like nobody cares about the mill plot least of all Cooper. Ooh, she's right? so dumb. <laughs> I know. God. It's just so. It's not. It's very she strange. She can't lie at all. She's yeah, terrible at lying. Yeah, it's very unrealistic and, just because she's not, she doesn't portray manipulative yeah. well. And what 
you know, what we've been talking about, and I, I, I hate that I found out that Isabella Rossellini could have played this part, because now I see... How I wish they Kelly never told I'm me so that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I see how they revolve this plot line around this actress. I mean, they do. Like it's yeah. like all these big actors coming in. They have two guest stars as Eckward and Andrew, who like now to us are kind of not so great <laughs> actors, but at the time they were big actors enough to get a credit yeah. that was like this person as blah blah blah. And you've got Piper Laurie and all these big actors revolving around Joan Chen, and she just cannot command no. that kind of power. She just no. doesn't have that kind of control or star power or it factor <sighs> or whatever. Right. She's just too much She's of a victim. Not that alluring, yeah, in any way. And She's very fades into the background. Yes, she is a victim. She is reactive, not proactive. There's right. no moment that she feels like she's the force and controlling. She's supposed to be like already manipulating all right. of these plot points where it's like but she's just playing this victim where it's just like, oh, look at my pouty Right. Lips. I'm so sad. And it's almost like had she oh been this kind of controlling, powerful manipulator in the last scene where she is kind of overcome by she she so Josie dies bum, presumably bum, bum. kind of killed by like Bob or Bob. just the forces of evil or she's put into the wood wooden handle of yeah, the drawer so let's unpack that scene cause, so the last scene with Josie because I know once we do that then we can be done with Josie so that would be really oh, yeah good. this is so it. so the last scene with Josie, with Josie is kind of a holdout she's with Eckert, I mean, because we we can we can talk about it if it comes up again. But like, there's so many just like Eckert and Andrew and Catherine and everybody talking yeah. to her and every like it. But it doesn't matter, and it all They're comes to setting the scene for right. Eckert taking Josie away or Josie going with Eckert. Yeah, or whatever's gonna happen with like Catherine's like maybe you should kill him. Right. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> it just fell off. We don't know if Catherine, <laughs> yeah, like last minute, has a moment of conscience with Josie where or she wants she to, wants to sh- set her up too. No, yeah. she's like, setting her up for chaos. She's right. like giving her like a weapon and like, yeah. why don't you go over here and I'm, then I'll tell Coop. Yeah, to, I think Catherine kind I'll of figures. That you're there, and then everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, we'll see who gets killed in this scenario." Could be Coop. Could it's be true. Jody. That's that's like the old. There's a there's a saying in theater that comes from Chekhov that like if you have a gun in Act One, it has to go off in Act Two. The idea being like if you're gonna set something up just for like chaos to happen, like it will happen. And so I think you're absolutely right. Catherine's like, well. I'm going to give this gun to this situation. Someone's going to get shot. It'll probably be to my benefit. Who knows if and it'll it was. be right. it Josie was. or Cooper or Eckerd or Ann. I mean, no I matter who. Knows. It was both Eckerd and Josie. It worked out perfectly yeah. for her. Yeah, so Eckerd gets shot. Except she lost a maid. But that's kind of a Josie <laughs> then didn't get minus. shot and just kind of dies of fear or shock. And when she and when she does, Bob appears, and the man from another place or the dwarf yes. man dancing in the red suit appears, and Bob appears and says, "You know what happened to Josie, Coop? What happened yeah. to Josie?" So we don't know how Josie died, and then yeah. her face ends up in the knob of like the dresser wooden handle. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. So I mean, I, we know that. 
that Bob is attracted to the pleasures and to... The fears. The fears. So I think that that we're supposed to believe that's Josie. And what was missing for me with Josie's character was the pleasures. I yeah. saw all the fears. I saw that she was <laughs> constantly feared, fear of... But in you didn't fear see everyone. Sexual, like exactly. she tried to portray a sexuality, but it came off more. I even with yeah, Harry, yeah, I always felt like, like she was being like raped. Yeah, like she never seemed yeah. truly into it. She always seemed like a victim. Yeah, and I just think what was missing was like this attraction that Bob would have, like he did to Laura, to a woman with true like zest for life and like right. sensuality and who has control and power. You know, it just was not there. So I just think this was, like, the culmination of not getting a payoff on Joan Chen. That just, yeah. I'm sorry. And I hate to say that. I hate to ever put it on an actor because, like, that sucks to do. And that's a shitty thing to do. But, like, but whether it was how it was written or how it was cast or what. But, like, right. it just did not pan out for me. And how she interpreted whatever was written was just too victim-y. And not it's true. enough, like... She was really the weakest of all the women in the cast. I mean, like, Shelly is a domestically abused character who's constantly in abusive relationships. And even Shelly takes power back into her own hands. Audrey. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. I love the scene where Shelly comes back with Norma. I think those two have so much so chemistry. I'm, she's like, happier now. She's in a yeah. better place. And then she's so. just back to her sassy waitressing yeah. stuff. She is. You were so right, too. It's interesting that Shelly in the double R is such a different Shelly. It's true. Than Shelly at home. Yeah. So I think R.A.P., but it's great to put the Josie plot to bed. It really is. like. But it destroyed Cooper. I'm or destroyed Harry. Harry. Yeah. Now he's just drinking Jack Daniels. <laughs> Although I do appreciate at the book house, <laughs> right? That ultimately Harry did come to Coop's <laughs> rescue, and like that proves that Harry loves Coop more than Josie. <laughs> I was really trying, listeners, to find some Cooper Harry slash picks on Pinterest, and there were there was only one. And by the way, slash is um, fanfic that is between two hetero characters that you would like to be gay for each other. So that's Harry. And it started with Kirk slash Spock. (laughs) So uh, slash fic for Twin Peaks would definitely be Harry and Coop. Like, everybody wants it. Everybody wants it to happen. It just makes sense. So, but it it didn't happen. Damn it. Um, But yeah, (laughs) so Harry is... Yes. Harry's drinking Jack Daniels, and... He's just so sad. They're bringing him breakfast. He's not eating it. That's their solution to everything Uh, in Twin Peaks, is to bring breakfast. They're concerned about him not eating. They're like, he's not even eating. I don't even know. I mean, he's not eating, guys. Just drinking his... It's just Hawk and Coop, like, sidebar. (laughs) Drinking John Daniels. I know. I love... They just don't know how... And then Coop is like, well, maybe I'll just do the tough love thing and be like... It would help you to know that Josie was a dirty, dirty hoe bag, and here's what she did. Yeah. Here's, like, not even in this country, but in other countries, yeah, too. Like, horrible person. In China, like, she was a prostitute. Right. <laughs> and poor, poor Harry. Just, he's just out of his element. He's got, like, he's like five o'clock shadow. He's all unkempt. He's yelling. He's doing sardonic laughter, ironically. He's waving his gun around. It's Get out of here. Go. It's not him and he's so It doesn't good. breathe. You can't kill it. 
<laughs> about law. It's true. He's just so. <laughs> that is a line that you. Wow. I'm glad you jotted down. Yeah. <laughs> Can really we? Some of my favorites. Is it is it a spoiler to say there, yeah. what we know about the sheriff in the new series? His relation that we know. It's his brother, point. right? We already know yeah, that. okay, good, good. Yeah. We do. Yeah, so yeah. Melissa knows, so it's okay. So the, the sheriff in the new series played by a very good actor whose name I can't remember is Harry's brother, we think. His last name is Truman. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, it's not. Yeah. he's not old enough to be his father, so it has to be his brother, we think. Oh, right, right. But we do know that it doesn't seem like Harry is coming back despite... A cast of 217 actors for the new series. Because the actors, like, basically retired, right? Because I tried I, to find yeah. him on ID... IMDb. I, yeah, yeah, I think he's just not an actor. I think yeah. he's just like, okay, cool. He's retired. Now he's 74 or something. Yeah. Oh, really? It is fucking... And I like to think of him oh, just being really like, intense. I could do that, but now I'm a dentist. You know, like, he's yeah. just like, doesn't care. Yeah. Like, he seems very cool. It's cool. I really <laughs> like, I really like Harry. I think he does a really good job. Yeah. Like, nine episodes out of ten, and I just think, it's kind of like, we can talk about this in our next-gen one, but when Crusher has that one episode of next-gen where she suddenly has to be super heightened and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, certain actors are great at the conversational, nat- natural, chill. Like, he's very subtly funny. He's a really good, just, like, scene partner, listener. Right. He can do a lot. He just can't do, like, heightened Big, screaming yeah. He can't do the subtle. He can't do the overdramatic. Exactly, so. yeah. So it's just, it's just silly to bring him in in that way. Yes. Uh, in other news, Audrey is taking time to review each department in the hotel slash department store, I think. And so she's at the concierge desk beginning episode 216, Condemned yep. Woman. And this is when she meets Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Who <laughs> is a member of the board, a partner of her father's, and has the creepiest pickup line that would never work unless you were smoking hot, which he is, thankfully. Which is, <laughs> kind of. I have a pic of you <laughs> when of. you were 10 years old. Yeah, he's like, I have that. a picture of you. You were wearing pigtails. It's unbelievably yeah. cute. I don't know if he means a mental image or literally a picture of her. Yeah, Either it way. It like it came to be oh. a literal picture and then he could close his eyes and just see it. Just see it. And I'm like, yeah, it's right, like you're so right. cute, Billy Zane, and I get it, but also, what? That's terrible. And just drawing and more then attention. And she's like, oh, I was 10. Yeah. Like eight mm. years ago. But Billy Zane doesn't look that old. No, so. I know. It's very bizarre that they have made this deliberate choice to <laughs> not put Cooper and Audrey together. They bring in love interests for them at the same episode. And those love interests for Cooper is Heather Graham, who's younger than Sherilyn Fenn. And Billy Zane for Audrey, who's like the same age as, as Kamala Cooper, Yeah. So like their, their whole <laughs> thing of like, she's in high school, she's too young just falls apart and it's just like why it like one of my favorite things about what the game of thrones tv series does versus the book is it takes like 40 characters and puts that plot into the plot of 15 characters so it's like we're more invested in those 15 characters in instead of like having to spread our attention with all these crazy characters right and so like Always, it's a stronger choice to give the strong plotline to an existing character that you care about versus bringing in random ass Heather Graham and giving her the plotline. But they yeah. do it here. Oh, Heather Graham's a nun, and for no Norma's reason. Norma's sister. 
but I did some <laughs> research, and Heather Graham is 23 years younger than Norma. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I have siblings yep, who and are... You're a- you're a surprise baby. Yeah. You know. Who are 17 and 15 years older than I am. But 23. 23 gets to the point where it's like, oh, I had a baby at 16. And then like, oh, then I had a baby when I was like, of right. age. And yeah. like, that's not how the mom comes across. It's like, she needed to be 10 no, years older. the mom older. definitely seems like, she, yeah, it doesn't make any to sense. 20 years older? years older yeah the bringing in of heather graham is to me a big mistake and heather graham is like a natalie portman in that she's great in certain movies and then terrible in other ones and i think you'll find that in twin peaks she skews more to the terrible side like it, it i know she can be good i've seen her be good i know it's there for whatever reason she was too young or whatever she's just like not good in this and oh, the I chemistry see. between her and Kyle McLaughlin is, like, very forced. Yeah. It's it's strange that he's so closed off as a character to romantic potential and then meets her and immediately is, like, okay with it. <laughs> well, and at first I thought it was because this Carolyn, they show pictures of her now, and she's, like, this long, blonde-haired she woman. She did, yeah, that's a good point, Where Melissa. she's supposed to be, like, that's more his type is this, like innocent looking like blonde lady right but, like that's a good point yeah it this could girl be just looks too young way that, too and young. that would work if he hadn't had such intense chemistry with Sherilyn Fenn I mean especially yeah. when you look at the first couple scenes between them where it's like she comes down to the great northern and he's there his eyes are like mind fucking her I mean like they're so <laughs> intensely into each other that like I just don't buy that they wouldn't it just doesn't make sense that he would be like, no, I can't be with her, but I can be with this random chick. Like, right. it just doesn't make any sense. Really annoying. Speaking of the horns, we have an interesting transformation with Ben that, you know, I've never quite ha- felt that I solidly had an answer here, whether Ben... So Ben seemingly is trying to be good. He's, like, wearing mm-hmm. a tracksuit. <laughs> He's not carrots, smoking yeah. anymore. He's got, like, celery sticks. Yes, or celery. Side note, yeah. when we met Evelyn's husband the last couple episodes, <gasps> I noted right. the tracksuit because tracksuit equals rich man. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, that's a good you point. You don't see oh, a poor a guy point. in a tracksuit. No. You see a rich guy lounging. And we track. have seen Ben. Oh, ben did good, have that yes. scene in, the, in the, one of the first episodes where he's on the stationary bike. Yeah. In his tracksuit. So yeah. he's into fitness. He, he, yeah, he takes care of himself. But he does seem to be trying to make a change in his life. Seemingly. He, he pulls in Ben, Jerry, Audrey, and his new executive assistant, Billy Bob Zane. Briggs, Bob. along with Billy Zane, who he who loves. Jack Wheeler. <laughs> and he brings up this idea of how they're going to save the pine, pine nope. weasel. Yes, yes, yes. right, right. Um, so how the development <laughs> how for Ghostwood, stop Ghostwood, Ghostwood development to yeah. save the pine weasel. Yeah. And of course, Jerry thinks it's Ben scheming, as does Catherine later. But right. Ben maintains that he's just kind of had this kind of epiphany yep. of conscience yep. and is trying to be good. So it's just interesting. Just for the sake of being good. It is. I mean, <laughs> I, and I'm very interested to see what they will do with Ben in this new season because 
I would like to see what that plot would look like to its fullest if Ben really was trying to be like this good kind of new new hero. What it would just I'm be really interesting to see. For is that Ben's retired and Audrey's Yes, the good. mayor or yeah. like the me too. Of the whole hornet. That's what I hope. I'm really hoping that Audrey is the big kingpin of Twin Peaks now because that would only make sense that like given these episodes Audrey dropped out of high school she's dropped out of high school (laughs) and she's doing awesome I mean she's a very sound businesswoman she's making she's you know in her like running different departments she's doing great like everywhere she goes she's making Mm -hmm. great decisions she's very on top of it I would argue more on top of it than Ben right now I mean yeah. And it's clearly he bit. trusts her. He's like, we've been through some shit and the fact that she's come through. I mean, it's amazing to me in these episodes what astonishes me. You would never have thought when we watched those episodes way back when with Ben and Audrey, would you ever have guessed that they would be functioning so brilliantly and doing no, so great? because <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but we talk about it all the time. Father tried to do right. <laughs> Somehow they got past it, yeah. and it made them have so, a better relationship. I feel like Audrey has shoved that down into a yeah, small cave. That could be. That could. And maybe be. Ben's had a little brain damage after his civil war. I mean, victory. you'll see though. They seemingly even more like in We're future just episodes. Get about. They how like I seem to, to do, do great. They mm-hmm. seem to have a great relationship now. Somehow that was the thing that shocked them into being their best selves, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but Aud- Audrey's doing great. It's good to see. Um, it makes me really happy that she's thriving, yeah. so. And I don't know how I feel about Jack coming into the picture. I know. Another new character. It's thing. a new character. He's okay. I don't find Billy Zane attractive. Yeah. His eyes are too far apart. <laughs> and he's too... His lips are too... Big and like weirdly, and he's so perfect. He's they're making him so perfect. He's like this cowboy, and but I like my cowboys rugged. I don't like them. Yeah, not pretty like. It's just it's very it's him and I do think in that scene where um, Audrey and Jack go for like their picnic, they look like Kennedys. I mean, they're so Americana looking. With like the fall mountain and landscape, so many fucking picnic baskets. They're so beautiful. Here's yeah. a fun fact: I never saw like a real picnic basket until I started dating Tub, who cannot be at this podcast today. But his parents have so many picnic baskets. <laughs> they live right by Ravinia. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. so they live right we by, bought, yeah, we bought one for Ravinia. <laughs> yes, and yeah. that's the only time we use it. And it was one of the first times we <clears> went to Ravinia, which in the Chicagoland area is just this yeah, outdoor festival where, like, you can sit on the lawn and where drink all wine. the parents go. And so. Yeah. They very, live like within walking distance. It's a little bit of a far walk, but it's yep. within walking distance. And we first went, and here comes the little red wagon. And they're like, "Here, you need this picnic basket. You need this little <laughs> table. You need these fold-out chairs. All right, and this tarp and this blanket to go on it's top like of the tarp." So much there you stuff. Go. Portlandia, <laughs> Portlandia does a sketch about about that. Yep. Because where like, you set up a whole like, <laughs> like a home. A whole yeah. like living room <laughs> it's set. It's so true. And the... it's really true. But that's the first time I was like, yeah. this is a legit picnic basket. Like 
I don't think I've ever seen one of these. Right. Like, don't you just throw it all in a bag and uh, go? <laughs> so to transition to another pi- picnic So many scene, picnics. We, I just want to close out the James story. Yeah, so just we can because, be done with that. Well, I just, just because <laughs> I, I think find we forgot it, about it. I just, I find it funny that he comes to he comes over to Donna and is like, yeah, the cops they asked me a whole bunch of questions that I didn't know the answer to, so I guess uh, and then they let me go, so I guess I'm good. Like, uh, so the cops were basically like, this guy's so dumb. There's no way he, didn't he do it. This yeah, plan. he's not smart. Let him go. Like, yeah, he like convinced him by I, his dumbness. I, mean, I do want to say like Donna, Donna. I know you're yeah. listening. I know you're listening. Seriously. You could do better. Donna Madonna. And he's just not that into you. He's oh, just underline. not that into you. Italicized. Girl. <laughs> Girlfriend. Because he's already had sex with this weird older lady. He says he loves you, but he obviously loved Laura. Right. And maybe Maddie because she no. looked like Laura. But like, oh, suddenly Donna. you're in love and then he's like... Oh, you're still wearing my promise ring. That's really nice of you. It's yeah. like, mm, dude. I, I love it too no. when James is like, uh, come with me. And Donna says no. I'm like, what if Donna had said yes? James would have been like, oh shit, I didn't know you'd say yes. Like, that was one of those half-assed promises that was just never going to be. It's just not right. No, it's not right. Yeah, he's just not that into you. And then I love when Donna's like, you're going to come back with a million stories that'll have nothing to do with Laura or Maddie or Evelyn. I'm like, doesn't this pattern give you any clue that, like, literally two of those three women are dead? One of them, like, I'm just like... One of them tried to kill you, the other... But you had sex with two out of three of them. Also, he falls in love with a woman everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. They dropped the love bomb... All the fucking He time. is a serial mm-hmm. monogamist. I mean, he's like, any girl who, like, touches yeah. his hand, he's like, I love you. I just don't well, understand it. It could just be this day and age where it's like... Right, you're like, You're dude, a little more relax. cautious as a single lady. He's, he's got La Tigra. <laughs> or what's the other Zoolander... The Zoolander look? Oh, Steel. Derelict. Derelict. Or derelict. La Tigra. Yes, there, for sure. <laughs> He does There's have a it. whole bunch of different names for the Zoolander look, but yeah, uh, yeah. I put Donna is way too sympathetic to James. I mean, she just does not. And then she said, "I've been a part of all the horrible things that have happened," and it's like, yes, because you continue to insert yourself yeah, in these you like crime investigations. Like to. your Nancy Drew days are over, well and truly. Like, stop investigating. Stop stooping. Don't Just do it. Know. Yeah, they're not well and truly uh, over. No. Spoilers. There's more to come. Um, Just got her first clue for her next investigatory uh, adventure when she sees yeah. her Ben Horn visiting oh, her mom. Oh, you're oh, yeah. right. This is a moment. we. You were like, who is that man? Um, there's because some, it looked like Ben, but then like we yeah. had Earl and... Wyndham oh, Earl Wyndham Earl just doing his disguise by. tour. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. But let's go to Ben first. So yeah. Ben stops by the Hayward household. Presumably Deliver. after, he, after oh, he's yeah. had this, like, crashing lightning strike of conscience and says something to Mrs. Mama Duchanel. 
I don't ever remember her real name. Mrs. Hayward. Mrs. Hayward, but I don't know her first name. Wheelchair Hayward. Yeah. Um, And whispers something in her ear, kind of holds her hand. They have sort of an intimate moment. Donna's watching from the stairs and is like, oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, so we know something is cooking between Ben and Mrs. Hayward, whether it's scheming or sex or what, we don't know. We don't know, but something, they've put a little nugget out there for us to mm-hmm. nibble on. <sighs> Melissa guesses as a nun. What do you think that is about? Oh, I feel, let me think, I feel like it's something weirdly in the past that they know each other from some other kind of... Place. I don't think it's sexual because she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's anything manipulative because I just don't think Mrs. Hayward right. is going there right now. Right. So it's not anything yeah. like business-esque. It's definitely personal, but then it's definitely like intimate but not sexual. God because, damn, you're good, Melissa. Because, yeah, she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> so I don't know... I mean, I'm sure you, she and can I, I do, do think it, you can tell know. Ben's at least trying to do things differently than he would right. have done. Yeah. So maybe he caused her to be in a wheelchair, and like, oh, that's now a good he's, theory. He's feeling bad because we don't know how she got there. That is but true. They don't she, tell us how she no. got there. We don't know, <clears throat> and we no, certainly no. know Doc Hayward is very, very busy bee, just buzzing about, just doing a million things, not taken care of. No, he's not. He sure isn't. And Mrs. is a lot younger than he is. That is true. You don't notice because she's in a wheelchair, but if she hadn't been, you would notice. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. If she was just, like, hanging out next to him. Because we don't see her a lot in the season one. Right. And this episode was weirdly... Well, and you know what's weird is you don't see her a lot in season one, and her husband, Caleb Deschanel, directs a lot of episodes in season one. And then she's more in season two, but Caleb DeChanel doesn't direct as much, which I don't like because he's one of my favorite directors. So Uh, I don't know why the three big hitters to me, always I'll say, David Lynch, Leslie Linka-Glotter, and Caleb DeChanel. And they don't direct the episodes in season two. They all gave up. They all gave up. And What's what? Leslie Linka Glotter, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like, I just am, I'm curious to know where you, la- why did you leave us? Like, I just want to know. Instead, we have all these fade ins and outs <laughs> yeah. of when people are Of like Diane Keaton and all sorts of <laughs> shots I mean, from above to, which I realized was to show the chessboard, but instead it was like, why are we looking right. at Cooper's head? This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Uh, it was, I think it was the last episode. Yeah. It was Diane Keaton's episode. It was... Oh. Uh, there's so many things that I found wrong with that episode. Right. That I do think... I just noted so many of them. Diane Keaton was trying to be very lynchy. I think she was... Because yeah. why else would Tried she have done it hard. if she wasn't like a lynch fan? Right. You know? Because it was then weird slow motion, and even when Malcolm died, it was on like a red carpet. Yeah. So it was very, there were good like, things about it, but she I definitely was trying me. to like... <laughs> she was trying to imitate. Um, I just was so many notes about how I'm so annoyed. <laughs> right. We, this episode has, or these two episodes, have a lot of Wyndham Earl. And yeah. in the, it's interesting, so I just watched this excellent, bad. excellent YouTube thing that was about explaining Twin Peaks, where the guy mentioned Wyndham Earl as a very lackluster villain, villain yeah. for the second season, which, you know, and it's weird because I think 
Kenneth Walsh, who plays Wyndham Earl, is creepy. And I think yeah. he does some things very well. And I think they build a strong backstory and they set it up early. But somehow the payoff with Wyndham Earl doesn't work. It would be better if he was more in the background. Yeah. As opposed to weird theatrical makeup. Too just, like, much theatrical makeup. Because it's <laughs> Too like much. you're in this weird cabin with your silly. flutes, but like suddenly you have right. a whole theatrical bat, like, <laughs> right. set that you can put on fake mustache and a fat suit. And he, he his, so he <laughs> creeps around to, creeps around to Audrey, she- Shelley, and Donna respectfully and gives them three pieces of a poem um, and a note that says, save the one you love, come to a meeting of the angels at the roadhouse. And I was telling Pat and Melissa, okay, I get how Wyndham Earl got to Shelley, obviously, because he has Leo. And he, we know he knows Leo's, like, rap sheet and all that stuff. I get how he got to Audrey, because he obviously knows everything about Dale. And he would know about Dale's meandering into One-Eyed Jacks and the... Dale's Cooper. Cooper, yeah, <laughs> and he would know that Audrey was the one that he rescued, and he would put together, because he knows Cooper so well, that he probably had feelings for Audrey. So I get who Save the One You Love is for Audrey and Shelley. It's Leo and Cooper, respectfully, and that makes total sense. But where in hell does he get Donna? Who is Save the One You Love for Donna? Someone explain it to me. I really think it's the dad, because that's why he comes to the... Doc yeah. yeah, because that's really the only I guess one she really so. loves. Yeah, yeah I guess it's gonna be her family. She's the only one with like a legit family status where like everything's pretty wholesome still. Right. It's just weird to me. Like, I totally a hundred percent. I understand the Shelley and yeah. Audrey, and I think it's kind of cool. In fact, like that totally makes sense. But. Yeah. But Donna, to me, makes no sense. James, I just don't think it's possible. No, it's not James. You guys know about James. Yeah. Right? Because James has made it clear he's not going to go back to Twin Peaks. So, so yeah, so it's going to be Doc yes. Hayward. But, like, why, what What connection does he have or what does he care about Doc he Hayward? three teenage girls and Donna's the only teenage Right. Girl. I guess so. Donna, part of the story. Donna rounds him out. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Nadine so is still weird. 35. Though she thinks <laughs> she's 18. 18. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's very weird. They get a poem that's um, about the sister uh, flowers clasped yeah. by heaven. What is what, what is what the... This sweet life worth if thou kiss not me. It's a love poem. <laughs> Who knows? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of Wyndham Earl dressing up in costumes yeah. and going to different places to interact with people. And he is very clearly Wyndham Earl in all these times. He's very clearly someone in theatrical makeup and spirit gum and fake yeah. mustaches. <laughs> it would be a lot better if he was a little more subtle on everything. Right. It would be more mysterious and more creepy, I think. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. That's kind of... Yeah. He's, he's not at all. And it's also uncharacteristic of Cooper that Cooper has now crossed paths with Wyndham Earl a couple times and not seen him. Yeah. And we know Cooper's very observant and very intuitive. Right. And so it doesn't sort of strike the right chord that Cooper good. would not... It's just good disguises. You know, I mean, he's yeah. he, professional. He, he he's a professional. He should have sense. He should have <laughs> sense. Like he does yeah. at the end when he meets 
Heather Annie? Graham. <laughs> yeah, that he Whatever just, she's is. the one. Yeah. Annie. And it's like, oh, look at this young blonde girl. Um, she's up my alley. Yeah, he immediately <laughs> falls for her for no reason. <laughs> I would like to nominate... Harry for a gnawing on the scenery award. Oh, right. We didn't right. officially give it to him. Yes. Um, just to close out Harry's breakdown. Sorry, <laughs> Harry, because like we said, you're great in most other episodes, and I hate to degrade you in this way, but if we don't give him this award for this, then like who? But when he says Hank. like, get out of here. Go. Get yeah. out of here to <laughs> Cooper, who's trying to reason with him about Josie. <laughs> That is... He wins it. He that's got to be a win. That's got to be a slam dunk win. <laughs> but that's pretty great. also Hank, who's Oh, yeah, that's jail, a good one. Ooh, that is a good tries one. to... Ooh, man. Not sweet talk his way out of jail, but, like, she, negotiate with... He tries sweet talk at first, yeah. and then goes to, like, threatening. Yeah. Right. First, he yeah. tries to negotiate with Harry. yeah. yeah. Like, well, I, I know a bunch of stuff about, like, the woman that you're sleeping with. And he's like, you're going to jail, Hank. Right. And Hank's in jail and Norma comes. And oh, that is a good like, one. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to get divorced. And Hank's like, mm, first, you're going to get me out of here. Yeah. He's like, mm, no. And then <laughs> he just screams Norma. Yeah, I love Norma. when Norma goes, that's very interesting, Hank, but I need to get out of my life. when yeah. Hank watches it, he mimics the Norma. <laughs> I just watch just you shake so the bars. <laughs> Pat likes the yelling. He likes the yelling a lot. It's funny. It's, love it. it's it funny. all very good. Yeah, that was, I I do, I do, that. that's when he says, like, you're going to be his whore. Yeah. And she's like, I'd rather be his whore than your wife. Which mm-hmm. I don't really think that's the case, or you don't know what whore is. Right. Like, everyone in town will just treat them like they're a couple. No one will care if they're married or not. Mm-hmm. No, it's Ed not like... he proposes, per your yelling at the Netflix summary. <laughs> yeah. It's it like Netflix, like, summary lied. And it's like, because it says, Ned proposes to Norma. And Kelly's like, that doesn't even happen. And, and then it it's totally like, does. He does. Like, totally does. 20 minutes, it totally Of course, happens. yeah. Absolutely. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah. And I was really wrong. But Ed has to wait till Nadine is so crazy or so, like, lost in her... Yeah. In her teens. Because he's that, he just, like, won't break up with someone. He just, he's just like, yeah. oh, might as well just be married to them. Yeah, until, so she breaks up with Ed, finally. Major final breakup. Because she's really <laughs> with Mike. She's, yeah. like, really with Mike. Like, they right. went to the Great Northern. Yeah, dressed up as, like, <laughs> adults. A but for her, she's, like, really an adult, so there's no reason for that. Like, there's no right. reason for that. Right. I feel like even Mike now has started to fall for the idea that she's 16. Like, I think he really believes it. Like, he kind of knows something's kind of creepy, but, like, he's really into it. I yeah. mean, you got to imagine she has amazing sexual powers because of her superpowers. Yes. So. Well, as Ed said previously, like... Yeah, the combination She's of wearing Ed and, down. Yeah, but then her and Mike had a glorious night at the wrestling sleepover. Yeah, so. <laughs> which is <laughs> so 
it would a be glorious glow. night at the wrestling sleepover. <laughs> as is usually the... I would imagine there's many wrestling sleepovers that some pair of wrestlers have a glorious night that we just don't know about, but that probably happen. Too. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much... Um, I like that Pete has a chess laboratory in the sheriff's department. They've kind of set up just a million chess boards and everyone's playing, including Andy and Lucy. He's researched every uh, stalemate in history and says he can improve upon, uh, you know, these famous stalemates. Because Pete's a genius. Pete's a quiet genius. (laughs) And yeah, he's... Savant, if you will. It's true. Yeah, and I, I was getting mad. I, I always, I stand by, like, Lucy is not dumb. I know her name's Lucy Moran, and she's supposed to be, like, the airhead, but she's not dumb. And she, her character no, checkmates no. Andy, like, right away. That's right. Andy doesn't know how to do the little hook. Of and night. Wyndham Earl can tell <laughs> by Cooper's chess moves that Cooper is getting it's help. Not- from yeah, someone, from because Cooper was not that good when they played chess together. Yeah. Which he's also beat by Pete. In an yes. earlier scene, Pete beats like three people. Right. So Pete is definitely the best, is what we've established. Like, <laughs> okay, Pete's like amazing. Yes, yes, he's yes. like absolutely the best of uh, all of the all of the people. We find out the log lady has a tattoo, oh. and she was taken to yeah. the White Lodge as well. She's perhaps. also got hot gams. Yeah. She's got great legs. Showing off her leg tattoo to Coop. Yeah. She and Major <laughs> Riggs have, like... Yeah, but Which, matching t- the tattoos that are... are kind of looking at ah, the tattoos. No. I don't think that really... We find anything out. But what's weird is she sees his tattoo when he's at the double R. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, like, grabs yeah. kind of his back of his neck and it yeah. looks at it like oh and you think oh she's gonna have the same tattoo then she doesn't have the same tattoo she has like a different tattoo. She has a mountain tattoo it's like and a mountain, he has yeah. three like Triangles. radiation signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it is like a radiation <laughs> Right. Right. So and somehow she got that when she was like seven they heard the call of the Owls and flesh. Sounds about right. That's, yeah, she yeah, said she was gone for a day. Like, she thought she was gone for a few minutes or something, but she was gone for a day when she was a little kid. And we do... Oh, we don't find anything more out. Like, that was basically it. Right. right. No, it's a slow build. And same with Mr. With Major Briggs. Like, yeah. we really don't find out much right. more about him either. So yeah. The, the it's, mythology it's, is, like, kind of... It's possible, I think. I don't know if... You know, I think the way that we do television shows now is different than in the 90s. Like, Back I think shows were, are more deliberate now to have a certain amount of seasons. Even even if you... Like, cancellations, of course, happen. But I think shows... Seven plus a movie. Right. Plus, uh, community. They go... We need seven seasons plus a movie. Right. I think I think shows are much more like, okay, we want to do, here's the story we want to do, here's where we want to go. Twin Peaks was not that way. I think that they were just like, let's throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and like build as we go and see what happens. Well, I know Lost did that as well. Yeah. Well, Vince Gilligan um, has said too for like Breaking Gilligan Bad that. that he liked yeah. to, you know, they had some ideas, but they liked to like get the characters yeah. into the biggest jam they could and right, see how they right. could get them out. Yeah. And I think you can see in Twin Peaks, like, they... Who knows what seeds they were trying to plant for a future season that just, like, didn't happen. Because there are certainly plot lines that don't go anywhere that 
are just kind of like left out to hang and maybe we'll get some closure on them in season three, but likely we won't on many of these. Because <laughs> like all the, even the last few episodes where Denise was involved, that was good. These are just a lot of so many little plot points and like the Wyndham Earl could be good, but now that we've welcome in Wyndham Earl, right. it's not as compelling <laughs> Because it's not like this mysterious, right. like, crazy guy yeah. who's kind of stalking. It's like... It's like we've no, seen him. No, we know no. who yeah. he is. It's crazy, but he's a weird crazy. <laughs> right. Completely agree. stones. Like yeah. Him. He's a kook. Yeah, less is really more with villains, like, and they have not done that with Winneburl. No, it's really upsetting, actually. Yeah. It could be a lot better. They could. It really could. Um, In my opinion. Important, though, as important as Windermere, the fashion show. So, <laughs> we have the Stop Goss... Stop Gosswood. Stop Ghostwood campaign. Campaign, yes. Um, at the Great Northern. And to do so, there is a fashion show hosted by Dick Tremaine with local people like Local models. <laughs> um, Audrey's like directing she's behind the, the scenes yeah, she's doing the something. fashion coordinator or whatever. Yeah. Catherine's she's attending to to just be a dick. Just, yeah, be a, be a bitch a to Ben. To, um, to gloat. To do further gloating. <laughs> Mr. Pinkle's there with the weasel. Yeah, he's the animal. He's the weasel handler for some reason. Yep. The weasel yeah. gives Dick Tremaine a kiss. One of my favorite lines. My Hello there, little pilgrim. Which is <laughs> Dick Tremaine to the weasel. And then he bites Dick Tremaine's nose. Chaos erupts. Yep. And Billy Zane catches Audrey in his arms and they kiss. Um, yes. But it is the Beautiful. most plaid you'll ever, ever see in one place. And like I said, this must have been before ferrets were like a pet. Yeah, because they're acting <laughs> like it's endangered and like I could find seven parrot ferrets like just walking down the street. And like when he got <laughs> out no one was like, oh it's just a ferret we can right. just pick him up. Look, it's a ferret. No, it's like, oh a rat got out. Right. <laughs> this was so funny story. When we were kids there, I came we had this really long driveway in the front yard and I came out and I saw a ferret in our garage and like I thought ferrets were cute. My friend Jesse had a pet ferret. And I was like, Dad, there's a ferret in our garage and whatever. And the ferret must have scampered when my dad and my brother came out. And my dad was like, Kels, where'd it go? And I'm like, I don't know. There. And the ferret was on my brother's foot. <laughs> and my brother screamed like a girl, kicked the ferret into the air. The ferret, like, flew like, he, like, <laughs> kicked it and, like, ran. Punched it. It was just so funny. Because it was such a roller. So was your friend's ferret that got into your house? No, it wasn't my what? friend's ferret. I just thought ferrets were cute. And for some... That's what was so funny was it was such a role reversal. Because if you know me and my brother, my brother's the brave one. And I'm, like, afraid of my own shadow. And this was me being like, oh, there it is. Like, no fear at all. And my brother, like, screaming like a girl and kicking it in the air and running. <laughs> like... It was just a very uh, un unlike me and Brett moment. You two have both fainted in your day. We both fainted. <laughs> His was a funnier story that I won't share on the oh, air. Oh no! <laughs> We're fainters in our family. We're big fainters. <laughs> um, yes. So the, the ferret. But I agree. Like I don't. I think they're cute. Yeah. But 
I thought that's why we were doing this because look at the little face of this little bear. So cute, but like I guess some people, including my brother, think that they look more <laughs> like scary rats. <clears throat> and you know what can you do? I know. I guess when it bites someone's nose, right? Right. Out. That's probably perhaps. true. And the only last thing I have is perhaps foreshadowing. You guys will tell me where <laughs> Shelly no. might be part of. Miss Twin Peaks. Oh. Like that's a storyline coming up. Miss Twin Peaks. We're so excited. Maybe all the angels participate, and then someone goes missing. Or you guys, something happens. this is Melissa just <laughs> guessing. Like it's Whoa. amazing. She's that's insane. just. I'm very good at tropes. <laughs> yeah, you're very. You're like I. You should be to... a script doctor, Melissa. Don't you think, like, so Carrie Fisher, that was, like, her job before she yeah. died. You she was go a script out there doctor. and be a script doctor. So yes. you, like, go in and save struggling sitcoms and you, because you know your <laughs> shit with, like, what should happen and I plot structure. and. One of my favorite moments was my niece, we were watching the Hannah Montana movie, and I was like, I bet this character's going to fall on to because it's like oh no my prize thing <laughs> I gotta climb the ladder I was like 10 to 1 that person falls and my niece was little at the time but she's like how do you know and I was like oh I could write so many you could. young adult novels so so it would be amazing hashtag dreams yes well you heard it here first <laughs> listeners yeah. remember before Melissa was famous could she be <laughs> about could she be right Miss Twin Peaks will Miss Twin Peaks become an important part of the plot much (laughs) the chagrin of Kelly Dowd who feels that that it's really not a good detour to take (laughs) maybe it could we don't know but it's probably (laughs) excuse for all those pretty girls to be in bathing suits yep probably right (laughs) but maybe not we'll find out next week